0: Well, hey, hey! What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number four twenty-four in session number one thirty-one of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single Friday, every single week. And this is our way of sitting down and having that cup of coffee at the coffee shop, and we're just. We're just talking about business or life, and uh, that's what I'm going to be doing here today, and you guys know that are longtime listeners. I really, really enjoy doing this, and uh, I like doing this in person, not just uh, like this here, but this is like the closest thing that we can do. This is kind of virtual, and being able to hear you guys all over you know, the world um, submit your questions is pretty awesome, but uh, I'll let you guys know in a second here, how we can actually maybe meet in person here, um, this month, actually, uh, and this is October, 2017. I'll let you guys know that, but actually let me do that right now because I don't want to forget. We are going to be, I say, we, myself, Chris Schaefer, we're going to be in Dallas, Texas, and that is October, 26th, which is a Thursday. It'll be at seven o'clock at night. We're going to do a little unofficial TAS meetup. If you want the details, if you want to confirm uh, that you're going to be there, you're going to be in the area and you want to stop by, you're more than welcome. And uh, that link to get all the details is theamazingseller.com forward slash Dallas. And yeah, would love to see you there. Shake hands and uh, talk a little bit of uh, this business and really just Get to meet each other and all the other TASers that are going to be attending. It's uh, it's really an awesome thing to be able to bring the TAS audience together at a small scale in uh, you know, in in person. So if you're interested, definitely go check that out. TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash Dallas and uh, just confirm that you're going to be there. Again, it's an unofficial meetup, so nothing fancy. Just a little meet and greet, little hangout. We'll probably be hanging out for a couple hours and uh, just getting to know each other. So. Um, Would love to see you there. Today, we're going to be talking about seasonal products. We're going to be talking about when and should you sell on walmart.com. And then the other one is avoiding hijackers and really understanding that whole thing. And we're going to talk about all three of those. If you guys have your own question that you want me to answer here on an upcoming Ask Scott, You can do that by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and then just record your first name, maybe where you're tuning in from, and then just a brief question, and I'll do my best to air it here on an upcoming Ask Scott session, and without you guys submitting questions, I don't get to do these Friday uh, sessions, which by the way, I love, and as of right now, I am behind a little bit because there's questions coming in all the time. I don't think that this will ever run out, but... Don't let that discourage you. I want you guys to submit your questions, and I'm going to do my best to answer each and every one of those. I promise. All right. So that's that. Now, the other thing is I always need to remind you if you are new to the show, uh, we do have show notes and transcripts to all the episodes. And this one here is theAmazingSeller.com forward slash 424. So all of the show notes and the transcripts can be found there. Now also, what I like to do here on the Ascot session is really talk about my thoughts. And it was funny. I just had uh, one of our listeners, you sent in an email saying how much you enjoy uh, really listening to my weekly thoughts. And you know, at first when I started thinking about this, I'm like, you know, is anybody gonna really even care what I'm thinking? Uh, but I guess a lot of you do, so that's why I'm gonna continue to do these. And a lot of you probably know I also include these thoughts into my weekly email, which is on Fridays. Every Friday, I uh, I write an email, and it really does go through like what's going on in my personal life, whether that's uh, maybe that conversation that I had on the deck with my wife that morning over coffee, and it usually. It really does kind of always come back to life and and what we're doing this for and then business in, you know, I'm really, in a nutshell, it's like I always try to tie it back to a business lesson to share, but I think a lot of you like that, like a lot of things that we do are, you know, they're they're based off of maybe like thinking about money or thinking about freedom, but really coming down to those lessons and stuff that we've learned through these experiences. And that's what I try to share in my weekly email. So if you guys are not subscribed to that, go to TheAmazingSeller.com and uh, subscribe. Okay, so let's go ahead and discuss this really quickly. And I have something that I want to kind of get off my chest just a little bit. Uh, And again, it always kind of comes down to when I start either talking business with someone or even life, um, I start to kind of go through these exact same questions that I'm going to share with you right now, but the one thing that I see a lot of people, a lot of people that are either listeners of the podcast or people that are just following me or anyone else, for that matter, online, they're, they're trying to compare themselves to other people, and I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. It can actually be really damaging because you're thinking to yourself, in order to be successful... I need to do similar things. Let me give you an example. You probably see some other people in this space really bragging about these big giant numbers. Like we did $2.6 million last year, or we did $50 million last year, right? So you hear these numbers and again, they're eye-catching. It's kind of like uh, eye candy in a sense, right? It's like you see these numbers, it gets you interested. Because who who doesn't want to have a million dollars? I think everyone would be like, you know, I want to go on a game show and try to win a million dollars. Everything would be fixed if I had a million dollars. I don't believe that, by the way. But that's what a lot of people think. Or they think, if I could just, you know, make enough money and get those toys that I wanted, I'd feel successful. Like those shiny cars, the Lamborghinis, uh, the Porsches, the uh, Uh, You know, all of these fancy uh, cars uh, is going to make them feel successful. Um, Maybe houses, right? You see like a house or, you know, someone running a Facebook ad and it takes you through their house and they're showing you all of these things. And you kind of know some of the people out there. And I know that these people, they aren't necessarily doing it to mislead you, but in a sense, they're just trying to get your attention. Some are trying to mislead, but a lot of people are trying to do it for attention. And then hopefully once they get your attention, they guide you in the right way. My thing is this forget about all that crap, like forget about the big numbers, forget about the shiny cars, forget about all the gurus out there that are telling you that in order to be successful, you need to have this number, like forget about all that crap right now, here's what I want you to do, I want you to ask yourself a question or two, okay, here's the big one, what do you want? What do you want? And don't tell me I want a million dollars just like that guy over there because I've seen it on Facebook. Forget that. Okay. What do you want? And a lot of times it comes down to, I want to work less. I want to spend more time with my family, right? It comes down to the, your why. And uh, any of you that are listening that's inside of our class in our TIS Breakthrough You community, you guys know I do a whole exercise on this and I really break this down. Seven. There's like seven steps to this exercise to really get crystal clear on the why. Right, so what do you want? If you want the car, why do you want the car? So people see you as successful. Like, why do you want the big fancy house? So people look at you successful. Like, that's usually what drives having those things. Sure, it's fun to have one of these things or or a nice thing to feel like you're successful. But what do you want? You want a head to turn. You want someone to look at you. And it's normal. It's like human nature. Like we want to be recognized as successful. All right, but. When you break it down, you probably want something a little bit simpler than that. You just want to get out of your nine to five or you want to work less. So whatever it is, right, you need to figure that out. So like I said, I kind of just said, why do you want it? Why do you want the house? Why do you want the car? Why do you, right? Like, so why do you want all that stuff? Or why do you want freedom? Why do you want to be able to, to create your own schedule? I know for me, going back, you know, going back, uh, gosh, now almost uh, nineteen years with my son, like I wanted to free up my schedule so I could go to all of his baseball games, all of his basketball games. Like my daughter, who's now twenty two, I wanted to be able to enjoy her, uh, you know, doing those first things as a toddler. Like right? I wanted to watch her grow. Like I didn't want to miss that stuff. I wanted to be able to go to her piano recital. I didn't want to have to put in the time. Like that's what was driving me, still drives me to this day. I've got a nine-year-old as well now. So I'm gonna go to volleyball with her tonight, right? I don't have I didn't schedule anything around that time from four o'clock to, well, that's it. I'm done at four o'clock today. So anything business related is done at four o'clock today. And I'm gonna be there with my daughter, driving her with my wife, and we're gonna hang out and we're gonna go to volleyball and then we're gonna have dinner together. And maybe some homework, and maybe take a ride in a golf cart. Like, just we're gonna just spend some time, right? So, that is why I do what I want. I'm not looking at I gotta make a million dollars. If that happens, it happens. What I need to do, and what you need to do, is you need to do the math and you need to figure out your plan and you need to focus. I put capitals here for me to remind you to say, You know, to yourself, you need to focus. You need to even write that down on a piece of paper and and really make it dark and wide and say, focus. Okay. Focus. Do the math, figure out your plan, and focus and put blinders on. Forget the big numbers, forget any of that crap because that doesn't mean anything for you. All it means is that someone else has done something and you're recognizing it and you're like, oh my gosh, look at that. Someone said they did $1.5 million. They're successful. A lot of times you'll kind of look into that business a little bit more and their margins are really, really small. Or, you know, maybe they're not really giving you the full truth. I don't know. I'm not, again, I'm not calling anybody out, but I see it all the time. Not even in just our space, but a lot of different spaces um, that, that they're trying to get the attention. Okay, I want you to forget about that. Okay, I've talked a lot about the 10 by 10 by 1 strategy. And if you guys are brand new, let me break it down for you. I like to launch products that can sell 10 units a day, $10 profit each, one product. So that's 10 by 10 by 1, that equals $100 per day. Or let's do the math and times that by 30 days, that's $3,000 a month. Now, that's a start. That's not something that would maybe get your attention, right? If you have seen something like, "See how I made three, or I make three thousand dollars a month." Like, oh, okay, cool, you make three thousand a month. But maybe you ought to ask yourself, what would three thousand dollars do for you per month right now? If you had that extra in in your in your life right now, what would it do for you? A lot of people, it's a mortgage, it's car payments, it's groceries, it's electric bill, it's all that stuff. Okay, so don't discount those small or smaller numbers, okay? What are your numbers? Figure that out, okay? And then once you understand your numbers, you create that plan, and then from there, you can go ahead and and focus on that plan, right? So again, that's why I like to break it down for $100 per day. Let's times that for five products now. That's $15,000 a month in profit. We're not talking uh, gross. We're talking net, 15,000. That's $180,000 per year, it's a six-figure, a pretty good six-figure per year uh, little business, okay? It's not the multi-million dollar thing that got your attention, that got you distracted, all right, with the, with the latest hack, okay? These are numbers that you can achieve if you create a plan and you focus on it one thing at a time, all right, So find your numbers and shoot for that and stop comparing yourself to the gurus with the $1 million or more, uh, you know, screenshots. Okay. I see it all the time, um, on our Facebook group, people will post this and I have admins in there. And the minute that they see this, they go, Oh, I want to share my results. I did $600,000 in three months. And then they get a bunch of attention. And then these people are trying to lure people away from the group and then trying to turn them on to. Whether it's their coaching, whether it's their uh, their new tool, or whatever it is, right? We have people in our group every single day getting banned for stuff like that. And sometimes I'll get people that'll that will that got banned, then they'll they'll email me and go, "Scott, why was I banned?" Well, I look a little bit deeper, and I'm like, "Well, because you're trying to get people's attention so you can bring them over and sell them your tool or your service. We're not about that." Now, I do have people that have great services, and I have them on the podcast, and I've vetted them the best that I can, and I have them on my resources page, and I even do my own class, right? But I know what that is. I know the people that are involved there, so I'm more than happy to share that with you, but I'm not here you know, trying to show you that uh, if you do this, that, and the other thing, you're going to be able to make a million dollars, and that's going to solve all your problems. That's not what we're doing here, Okay. So I went on a really, really long little rant there, but I think it was necessary. And I'm actually sweating a little bit because I have a sweatshirt on today. It's a little chilly this morning, but I think I'm warmed up now. And I think you guys should be warmed up too. So avoid comparing yourself to others. It doesn't matter, okay? What you need to do is figure out you, okay? Figure out okay, what you want and why you want it, and then do the math and figure out a plan and focus, all right? It's really, really that simple. So just do me a favor and just focus on that. And I'm telling you, you'll be so much further ahead. Stop chasing the the latest hack, all right? Anytime that you're out there trying to figure out a hack or a shortcut, it might work for a little while, but then it can get pulled out from under you. So just be careful, all right? So with all that being said, I'm almost ready here to rock and roll. That was a long intro, but I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed that, uh, and I hope that you guys understand. I hope it helps you. I hope it serves you, okay? Now, anyone that is brand new and they just heard that, uh, hopefully you enjoyed that, but I also wanted to give you guys a resource because you know, there's you know, a lot of episodes that I've done here talking about starting your own business on Amazon primarily, and then from there, we can talk about building it outside of Amazon, but there's a lot of information that I've published. Well, here's the deal. I do a workshop where I break everything down and I condense it into a 90 minute window. Okay. A 90 minute workshop. If you're interested in attending that, um, you can head over to theamazingsellercom forward slash workshop. And, uh, we'll also answer your questions there as well. But we go through the five phases to choosing a product, sourcing a product, doing a pre launch, launching and promoting, uh, your product and getting yourself up and running and learning the process. And we do that at, uh, theamazingsellercom forward slash workshop. We'll have the upcoming workshops there. So if you go there and you see one is upcoming, um, go register for it. And, uh, we'll see you there on that workshop. All right. So guys, let's get started. What do you say? I am more than fired up today. I think you guys can tell. So let's go ahead and listen to today's first question and I'll give you my answer. Let's do this.
1: Hi, Scott. My name is Lara and I'm checking in from Brisbane, Australia. Before I get to my question, I just wanted to say a quick thank you for all the information that you provide us with. It's been really valuable, and you've given me the confidence to finally take action and get out there and find my first product. The problem is the product that i found could be considered quite seasonal. Let's say, for example, that it's a reindeer-shaped garlic press. It could be used all year round, but some people might think of it as a Christmas-themed item. My question is, do you think it would be a mistake to launch a first product that might be considered seasonal? Um, And if so, would a way of getting around this be to perhaps have a generic version of the same product but without the reindeer? And then I could sell that as a variation once the Christmas season is over. And if that would work, is it even possible to create a variation like this, having the non-seasonal version because it'll be a different shape? I just wanted to know what you would think. And thanks again for everything.
0: Hey, Lara, thank you so much for the question. All the way from Australia. I love that. You guys know that. So thank you so much uh, for the question. Now, this is a good question. And there's a couple of different things we need to consider. Okay. And I think you've already kind of come up with your answer. But uh, let me just kind of, uh, I guess, talk about my thoughts on this. Number one, if you are going to launch a seasonal product, okay, and let's say it can't be modified and anyone else out there listening and you want to like capitalize on this on this one holiday or this one time of year, snow shovel, for example. If you're going to sell snow shovels, you better get a lot of them in and you better market your butt off before that season so you can really, really capitalize on the snow shovel season. Okay. So that's number one. I'm not a huge fan of doing this because again, you're depending on one season. And if for some reason you have a hiccup in your business uh, or in the system, you're gonna miss out. Okay. So it's almost like you're banking on that season. And if once that season's over with, you're done, right? You, you don't you don't get a, a chance to to do it again until the next season. All right. Now what you said was if you could take your product and then add, I don't know, uh, a Santa Claus logo to it, uh, because it's going to be now for like, let's say cookies, you could make like just a regular sugar cookie, not even a shape, right? That could be sold all year long. But if you sold one that had a, uh, you know, a Santa Claus on it, or maybe even happy holidays on it or whatever, Um, that could technically be positioned as a seasonal item for the holidays, right? But once you put that branding on it, you're only going to sell that item in that season, but you could still take and get rid of the branding and then sell it all year long, okay? Or you could even uh, not even put the branding of the seasonal thing on the item. You could just market it as, hey, these are great for the holiday season when you're doing your sugar cookies or whatever, right? And again, I'm just throwing out a random example, but you get the idea. So my suggestion here is if you have a product that could be sold in a certain season and do well, that's great, but you want to also look at what your sales will be the rest of the year. And I'm a big fan of having steady sales throughout the rest of the year, but having a nice bump in a certain season or in the fourth quarter. Um, if you're selling uh, exercise stuff, it'll be the first quarter generally. Uh, so there's different times of the year. If you're selling beach items or pool accessories, it will be primarily in the, in the uh, spring and summer, uh, but you're still probably gonna sell some of them in the winter or you know, in the fall. Uh, so I think you have to look at your exact situation, and just try to figure out what the sales are going to be after the season is over. And that's what I would base my decision on. I would not go into a seasonal product unless, now here's, here's a side note, unless you have products that you're serving to uh, you know, a market that is buying in different seasons, but you have products that serve each season. So if you have, if there's four seasons, right, and you have four different products that serve Uh, you know, and they're different products though, and they serve the market differently for that season with a different item, then maybe you get away with it because now you have new products every season that's going to, you know, push that, that, uh, particular holiday or season. So hopefully that makes sense. And hopefully that helps anyone else out there thinking about seasonal products. I'm generally not a fan of seasonal products because you're limited to only that season or those few months. And after that you're kind of done and if your inventory doesn't sell, guess what? You got to either remove it from Amazon or you got to pay the long-term storage fees. We don't want to do that. So I would try to work around it. Um, If you can do it in a way that we kind of talked about and you talked about is making it kind of like seasonal, that it could be sold during that season, but then also outside of the season, then I'm okay with that. So hopefully this helped you. Uh, Good luck. Keep me posted. Uh, Let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer.
1: Hi, Scott. This is Shannon from Utah, and I'm a huge fan of your show, a long-time listener. I'm listening for about a year now, and I really appreciate all your great tips. Um, I'm calling because my husband and I have a brand that's doing really well on Amazon, and we were recently invited to also sell on Walmart.com, the Walmart marketplace. And I'm curious about your opinion about Walmart.com. I've heard some mixed reviews about selling on Walmart. And um, I want to know your opinion and also what you hear from other sellers about it. And also, if you could recommend any resources for selling on Walmart, on the web, I found very little information from actual sellers about walmart.com. Anyway, thanks for your help and keep doing what you do. Thanks. Bye.
0: Hey Shannon, thank you so much for the question, and this is a good one, and I just want to again say thank you for being a listener, thanks so much for, uh, for uh, putting up with me for all of these episodes, hopefully it's been helpful, uh, so it sounds like you're, you're rocking and rolling, you're selling, you're doing pretty well, and now you want to expand, and that's, that's a great idea, okay? but here's the one thing that I want you to consider, and anyone else out there, I want you to consider this. When you're thinking about going to another platform, number one, are you already optimizing what you currently have to its fullest? Like, have you already did most of what you can do to increase sales or even get a bigger market share of your products or your market? Like, have you done that? And if the answer is yes, then maybe it's time to look into Walmart you know, jet, you know, even eBay, any of those other platforms. The next question I would ask is how hard is it going to be for you to be able to make this happen? I just actually got off, uh, with an interview, um, with a gentleman who basically looked into Walmart and it was, it was going to take a a huge, it was going to take a huge deal to get, to get himself on there. And he was looking at, you know, like, The, you know, other people that were selling on there and it didn't look like it was just didn't look like there was a lot of product moving and it just seemed like a lot of work. So he kind of put that on pause for right now. He's got other things to work on. All right. But if you think that your product would do well, not every product's going to do good on Walmart. It's just a different, just a different customer, right? It's just a different buyer, but it is an opportunity. The other thing to consider is now we need to fulfill those items on Walmart. So depending on how you're going to do that, that's another thing that you have to consider. So that's going to be, that's going to be another thing that you have to, you know, you have to consider. Are you going to, you know, fulfill them yourself? Or are you going to have another fulfillment company? Um, do that? Like how, how are you going to make that happen? Are, I mean, in this case, you might have to have inventory that is in a, is in a whole nother location and now you have two different. Uh, you know, lines of inventory that you you have to keep a handle on. So just a lot of things to consider, but I always go back to are, you know, kind of like the, the basics, like are you already doing what you can do to get the most potential out of Amazon? Also, have you built your own email list? Have you built your own sales channel? Have you thought about maybe going out there and finding your audience and running Facebook ads and driving traffic to your own website? Have you done any of that yet? Because I think you're probably going to get more bang for your buck on doing something like that than on, on walmart.com right now. Like I honestly, out of the thousands of, of listeners and, and sellers that I have contact with, I don't find many of them saying you got to go to Walmart. It's just, the sales are just crazy. You know, it's just, it's not like, it's like maybe a small percentage. I think he even actually, um, said the guy that I just was talking to, like, he, he, I think it was, he knows someone or someone else that's selling in, in, on Walmart in his space. It's like not even 1% of the sales from Amazon and other channels. So I'm not sold yet on Amazon. I know people that are, I mean, I'm on Amazon, on Walmart, I'm sold on Amazon, not Walmart. Um, I'm just not sold on that platform yet until I have someone tell me like, man, you know, sales are just cranking right now. And I, and I know Walmart is doing whatever they can to really try to get some of that market share, because you know they're losing to Amazon, really. If you want to be honest, I mean, Amazon is is you know the big the big giant right now. So um, that's what I would probably do. Again, I'm um, our first move. Really, there, there's a couple different moves uh, right now. Us personally in our new brand, uh, we're looking to double down on what we have already going inside of Amazon. That's number one. Number two is we are looking at our own sales channel. We're going to take like two or three of our products. We're going to find um, our audience, where they're hanging out. We're going to run Facebook ads to those people, drive them to some content. From that content, we're going to lead them to products that support the content. And we're going to try to make that profitable. Like that's our goal. Then on the on the third thing is we're probably going to expand into uh, you know international markets. So that's what we're looking at. Walmart, it's not really there for us right now, but that doesn't mean it's not for everyone. So again, I think you just have to look and see your your situation, where you are, and um, and, and really see what you need to focus on uh, rather than just taking up time, trying to get on a platform that you might sell one extra unit a week. Um, so you just got to look at that stuff. So hopefully this helped you. Keep me posted. Let's go ahead and listen to one more quick question and we'll wrap this baby up and you guys can get on with your day. What do you say? Let's do it.
2: Hey, Scott. My name's Randy. I am pretty close to you, actually. I'm just outside of Charlotte in Belmont. Um, two-part question here, actually. Um, so, with the hijackers, really, I mean, I, I want to fully comprehend this as to exactly how they're doing this, so I can avoid this in the future. But um, help me think like a hijacker here. How? Do they um, attack my product and overtake it? Don't fully grasp that concept. Um, and then as number two here, I see a lot of FBA sellers that are selling things that are way below the margin of, of, of profit here that we're looking at, whereas they're selling things that are 6 and $7. And there's a ton of them. Are these people in China? What's going on here? Let me know. Okay, thanks a lot for your help here and love the show. Keep it up.
0: Hey, Randy, thank you so much for the questions. And uh, you actually have two questions, right? One of them is hijackers. Um, How can they do this? And maybe anyone that's brand new listening and you're asking yourself, what is a hijacker? Hijacker is basically uh, someone that comes in and they basically list on your listing saying that they have your product for sale. So some would think that uh, a hijacker could be someone that purchased your product at a discount. Maybe you ran a discount on one of those uh, you know, discount deal sites. And uh, let's say that you gave 50% off. And let's say someone bought five of them. They can technically list that product on your listing as new because it's your product, it's your brand. Okay, That's not necessarily a hijacker. Okay, that's someone that's selling a product that is yours on your listing because it's the same product. You are the manufacturer. They just happen to have them and they're sealed and they're in a factory box. Okay, a hijacker would be someone that said or that basically went out and created your product, found your supplier, had the same packaging and then just had a bunch of them made and then said, I'm the same as the seller. I have a bunch of their products and I'm going to sell them. That's a hijacker. They're taking your property, your product, and they're acting as though they are the manufacturer by them ripping off, in a sense, your, uh, your supplier with your product. Now, how do you prevent this from happening? Well, number one, differentiate your product so it's not just something that you can easily make or create going to Alibaba. So if you go to Alibaba or any other site that you're finding products, and you find your product there, and you even just do a slight, like, you know, maybe a, a logo on it, it's too easy for them. I mean, that's one step to help, because now that you at least have your branding on there, but to take it a step further, I would do my own custom packaging. The other thing that will definitely help you, and it hasn't been confirmed that it'll, it'll lock your listing, but uh, some have said it will, and some say that it, it, it hasn't been in effect yet, is um, if you do uh, what we call brand registry. And to be brand registered, you need to have a trademark. So again, there's some more steps that you have to do, but once you get your brand registered uh, or trademarked, you're going to be able to now have what they call their, uh, their brand registry 2.0 uh, because now you've proven that you are a trademarked brand. And if someone tries to sell and you make a claim against that, they'll take you a little bit more serious. Um, That doesn't mean that it'll be easy. You still have to go through the the routine of buying your product off of your listing that they're saying is yours and confirming that they are in fact copying your product and and they're not supposed to be doing this. That's one way to number one, make it harder for them. If they see that your brand registered, uh, it will most likely deter them. The other thing is if you don't have custom packaging, you are making it easier for them to hijack you because it's easier for them to replicate your product. If you uh, do not have branding on your product, you're making it easier for them to rip off your product. Okay, so those are some things that you can do to help prevent this. And I've heard other people saying saying even inside your box, put something that's unique in there that they would have to have printed to uh, to be a, a you know a counterfeit, but to be an exact Match Most hijackers are not going to want to go through those extra steps because it's harder and there's more people out there that are not doing these things. So there's easier prey out there, if you will. All right. So that's what a hijacker is. That's what they look for. Um, They're looking for easy, uh, easy ripoffs, easy, easy businesses that they can just go out there and just. Say, Hey, print me a thousand. I'm going to list on that person's listing. And then in fact, they will do that. They'll actually take that exact same product and then list it on your, on your uh, listing. And then you're going to say, well, why am I sharing the buy box with someone? That's because they're, they're acting as though they are, um, you know, someone that has your product or that they may maybe a wholesaler of your product. Who knows? Uh, Because the thing is, is we can sell on most other people's brands or manufacturers uh, if we have that exact product. If we found a closeout, uh, it's the same thing as retail arbitrage. I can go in to uh, Walmart or Target or any big box store and I can find a discount or a clearance shelf with uh, some name brand stuff and I can go list that on Amazon on their listings. I don't create a new listing. It's already there. Um, so that's kind of how it, how it works. Um, and I do have some resources on it. We've talked about this a bunch in the past. Episode 201 was how to protect your listing from hijackers and fight back with um, my good friend, John Haver. Um, and then uh, episode 152 uh, talked with uh, Ted Limus, an attorney, on how he removes hijackers and also protects Amazon sellers. Um, and then there's uh, 147 was uh, important steps to prevent hijackers from your listing uh, from an ex-Amazon employee. And he reveals actually how how he advises to do this. But I'll link all those up in the show notes to this episode. Um, but again, that's the basic stuff that you need to understand. And let me just say this. If you have a product that you have custom packaging, you have, you know, something that has been modified on the product that makes it unique to you and to your, your brand, uh, and if you go through the trademarking process, and that's going to take eight months, a year, um, if you do all that stuff, it's going to make it a lot harder for, for people to actually do that. And you'll actually have more, uh, you know, more ammo, if you will, to kind of go at them and, uh, and really deter them, uh, you know, to, uh, to doing that. So that would be my recommendation. Now, the other question and the last question you had was what's the deal with these, these sellers selling stuff at like six bucks, how are they making any money? Well, number one, some people are doing it. Um, and they're making some money, but they're fulfilling it by merchant. They're not fulfilling it by Amazon. So that's one way. If, the, if they're selling something for $9 and it only costs them a dollar um, and they're fulfilling it themselves, they're not paying the pick and pack. So they're making four bucks, you know, five bucks. Um, so they are actually making some money. But in most cases, that's usually a lead in offer. And I'm a fan of this. It's where you have something that's a low price. So I've always said this too. If you have a low priced item but you have variations where you kind of upsell them inside of the listing once they get there because it's a better value, that's a good strategy. So for the most part, they're probably either making a little bit of money, but then bringing people into their business or their brand, um, or they're bringing people into their listing. So again, uh, an example would be, uh, let's say that you sold towels. Uh, You had one towel that was $8.99 and you barely make any money on that. But you have a three-pack for $19.95 and a five-pack for $29.95. Most people are going to go in there and probably buy the three-pack because if they bought them individually, it would be $27 at a three-pack. But they're going to get it for $19.99. And now you've just increased the size of the order. So that's kind of how that works. So um, anyway, Randy, I hope this makes sense. Hope this helps you. Uh, And anyone else out there listening, uh, again, Hijackers is, you know, a big thing in a sense but I also think that as we've kind of evolved as sellers, we also know that we can't just go out there and slap our logo on something and call it our own anymore. It's gotta be differentiated. It has to be better packaging and um, and you just have to make a better listing and you have to also go after brand registry. So um, hopefully this helped you guys, all right? And uh, I just wanna thank everyone for for listening and and for submitting your questions. And if you have a question, ...that you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott session, head over to TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash ask and you can do that. Um, the show notes, the transcripts can be found at TheAmazingSeller.com 424. And then the last thing, if you guys are brand spanking new, I know there's over 400 episodes and there's a lot to digest, but if you're just getting started and you want the... Uh, the compressed version uh, where I actually take you through the five phases for picking a product, sourcing, pre-launch, the launch, everything in between, you're gonna wanna register for an upcoming workshop where I break it down in 90 minutes. All right, and I answer live Q&A there as well. And that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, all right? Register for an upcoming one there. I'd love to see you there live. All right, guys, so that is gonna wrap up this episode of Ask Scott. Went a little bit longer today because of my rant in the beginning. Hopefully, you're cool with that. But as always, guys, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it, crowd. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.